It's inflation day for the US. Today we get that all-important CPI read. So what is he going to tell us? And what will the market reaction be if it's a surprise on the upside or the downside? Certainly bond markets have been assuming rising interest rates. But then you look at equities today, they're up as though the future is all bright. So who do you believe? We'll look at that today on the morning call. It's Tuesday, the 14th of February. I hope you bought the flowers. Or I hope you get some. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar is weaker this morning, down 0.3% on the DXY. That's helped the Aussie, which is up 0.7% to 69.7 US cents. The pound is up 0.6%. The euro is up 0.4%. But against that falling US dollar, well, the Japanese yen has fallen further, almost 0.9%. Bonds not moving much today, interestingly, ahead of those CPI numbers. 10-year Treasury yields down just two basis points. German bonds up one basis point, but Aussie 10-year yields up five basis points. Yesterday to 3.75%, up a couple more basis points on futures overnight. And we should mention two year treasuries because whilst 10 years are down, two years are up a few basis points to almost 4.54%. So, yes, they haven't stopped climbing and they really are back to 2007 levels. Let's see what the CPI numbers do to that today. And shares, well, up today in the United States. The Nasdaq rising 1.5%, up 0.9% for the S&P 500 and 0.9% for the Dow as well. Up in Europe too, the Eurostox 50 is up 1%, the FTSE 100 up 0.8%. In the US, it's IT stocks doing well, energy stocks not doing so well. But oil prices are moving slightly higher. WTI is up half percent. Brent is up 0.2%, almost to 86.50, from uh, below 80 at the start of the month. So, Rodrigo Cotrill is with me today from NAB in Sydney. So, a quiet day yesterday and overnight, but clearly rate expectations are still there and they're rising. So, it's, it's as though, uh, you know, markets are expecting the Fed rates to uh, reach higher. Uh, and it seems to be getting higher by the day. Uh, yeah, morning, Phil. Uh, yeah, so whilst the the rates market is is sort of continuing to edge higher and 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 lift that that um, expectations of Fed hikes, um, the equity market is still you know at least today traveling with a with a spring in in, in the step um, and seemingly you know not too worried about the, the outcome from the CPI later today or early tomorrow morning. So it is a bit of a contrast in terms of dynamics in in, in that sense. Um, um, it's obviously just a price action at the start of the of the of the week, but uh, it's certainly given the focus so much on inflation and the, and the reaction function from central banks. Um, it is quite an interesting contrast between the two sort of markets. And we had the uh, the New York Fed survey of consumer inflation expectations out overnight. I don't know if they had that that has had much to do with the the way we've you know the reaction we've seen. Uh, but that saw inflation unchanged at five percent over the next year, but five years edging up a little to two and a half percent. So in five years, inflation is still going to be higher than, uh, the, the, you know, than the Fed wants it to be. But the positive outlook, I guess, was household income growth expectations, which fell down to three point three percent, which is a one point three percent drop, which the New York Fed says is the biggest single drop in the 10-year history of the series. But, of course, before we get too excited, it's still above pre-pandemic household levels. But, I mean, that's got to be a good sign, hasn't it? It shows uh, a, a, drop in, uh, a drop in income, presumably means a drop in spending, and therefore, you know, less concern for the Fed in terms of trying to balance supply and demand. Yeah, yeah. And uh, um, 
Well, at least when you look at the headlines um, um, in different newspapers and, and Bloomberg, there's certainly quite a bit of focus around that. Um, um, Possibly because there's not much else going on, Rodrigo. That could yeah, be a that's right. That, that's been the only kind of major data release. And, and the survey has actually become a bit more interesting and prominent since its release, uh, I think, one or two years ago. So it's mm. definitely something worth looking into um, um, and place to the view that as much as inflation is really high today, um, you know, the, the, the expectations of a decline in household income place to the view that inflation should decline over the course of 2023 yeah. alongside the, the cumulative effect of all the hikes that have already been taking place. Yeah, well, I mean, in a nutshell, it seems like they were saying people think they're better off than they were a year ago, but they expect to be worse off as this year progresses. So that we assume that's going to bring down inflation. But let's what does that mean, though, today? We get the inflation rate. Obviously, if it's higher than expected in the U.S., uh, what changes? How will the market react to that? And conversely, if it's lower than expected, what happens then? I mean, what, whatever happens, we're going to see a market response to this, aren't we? Yeah, it certainly is sort of the data release of, of the week and, and a high degree of sensitivity. Um, as we said, there's already expectations not only for the headline, but by the core reading to, to rise. Uh, in particular, the core reading expected to print at, uh, print at 04 um, which after all the revisions that had been um, done for 2022, um, the important sort of takeaway for the central bank is that um, when you look at the, the rolling uh, inflation or the inflation over the past three months plus this one, uh, if it comes at 0.4, it means that there hasn't been a decline in inflation, particularly in the core reading. It's actually stayed at that 0.4 level mm. uh, for three, four months now. So um, it, it means that obviously that this decline in, in the core reading is not happening as quickly as expected. It's still elevated and therefore placed to the view that uh, the Fed still has more work to do. Well, I mean, um, yeah, on that sort of the idea that we went shopping less, obviously, you know, less demand, therefore less consumption, you know, again, you know, like get, getting back to that less household spending would all give hope that the numbers are going to fall. But we saw the the Bank of America, their credit card spending data, which was out uh, a, f- a few days back, uh, actually showed there was a bit of a bounce back because we had low retail numbers, didn't we, in December. But those bank those credit card uh, takings by the Bank of America showed that actually uh, quite a lot of spending went on after Christmas. Yeah, and and the, the whole retail spending, uh, particularly because of those specials, you know, uh, of – uh, Cyber Monday and so on um, shifted quite significantly in terms of how we, we we shop before and after Christmas. So it makes it a bit tricky to um, to assess. Uh, but at the same time, certainly the, the Bank of America data uh, is quite comprehensive and and uh, it's it's you know it's becoming quite important because it's telling us a good story and a reliable story in terms of how the consumer is behaving in the US and uh, yeah. it plays to the view again that those inflation inflationary pressures from a rise in spending uh, in January may well support that that expectations of a high CPI uh, today yeah yeah and we get the retail sales middle of the week as well so you know it might give us a uh, foretell what that's going to tell us as well a little bit perhaps uh, so yeah could be an upside surprise we'll see the uh, the euro group meeting uh, yesterday uh, various euro finance ministers get together for that and to coincide with that the european commission released its latest forecasts which they have increased so growth for the eu won't be 0.3% this year. It's going to be 0.8%. The Eurozone is going to be 0.9%. Presumably, you know, Germany will be a chunk of, of that. Uh, and of the 27 EU member states, only Sweden is going to see their economy slide. Their, their economy is going to slide by 0.8%. So it's going to be interesting for the Riksbank against the ECB uh, to see how they, they, they react to that. But, I mean, you know, that doesn't look like recession for Europe, does it? 
No, no, it's great. So in the sense is that all these sort of expectations that the winter was going to be a big challenge, um, given that it, it turned out to be quite mild and that um, uh, Europe in general has been very efficient at, at finding uh, ways of cutting down the uh, energy consumption has been very encouraging and, and sets the, the European Union for, for a, a much stronger start this year um, than, than previously expected. So it's, it's, it's good news. Uh, what was also, I think, super important is, is that those expectations for, for inflation to, to come down, um, from 8.4 to 5.6. And, and I think it's, it's worth remembering here that so far, when you, you look at the inflation dynamics, um, in the US, that inflation rise has proven to be a lot more broad based. And, uh, um, and, and that's the concern in the sense that it's, it's, it's everywhere. And, 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 and the central bank in the Fed uh, is obviously very concerned around that. Whereas, particularly the doves within the ACB uh, have been stressing the fact that, you know, the inflation dynamics in Europe are actually quite, uh, you know, they've been very much energy and, and energy related. And, and that decline in energy. Is, is playing to, to that expected decline in, in inflation, which is, you know, there's still, you know, from 8.4 to 5.6 over the course of 2023, um, is still elevated, but it's a very, very significant decline. Soft landing then, isn't it? You know, yeah. for, to, for today, I mean, we'll be back to talk about hard landing next week, but soft, I would say soft landing for this week. So we get GDP growth for the euro area, the second estimate for Q4 today, which uh, which showed a 0.1% growth quarter on quarter, I think. So we'll see if that's changed. But uh, more importantly, perhaps Japan's GDP data today, that is new for Q4. Q3 was down quite a bit quarter on quarter. Uh, we're not expecting a recession in Japan, of course, uh, but there's a price index component, which uh, presumably is going to create some some interest there. Yeah, and the 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 big sort of uh, there's a typical pattern of uh, kind of hot and cold uh, dynamics in in Japan, but certainly uh, the the consumer and the rebound and and the fiscal support um, at, uh, on the latter part of um, uh, 2022 uh, placed to the, to the view that we should see a decent rise in in the GDP. So expectations of a 0.5 quarter on quarter gain uh, uh, versus that's a contraction of 0.2 in in, in Q3. So um, the the inflation dynamics there um, will will serve to to corroborate what, what the data's already told us that inflation rose significantly in Q4. Um, I think that the market now is more focused around uh, the January reading, which uh, with the Tokyo being a leading indicator of that, is telling us that uh, further increases in inflation should be expected. Um, mm. So it's an interesting sort of dynamic for, for the new governor uh, that um, we expect to hear the nomination today as well. Yeah, and it's expected, isn't it, to be Kazuo uh, Ueda. Uh, we ha- I mean, we... we uh the, the response seems to be, I mean, we've had a big move on the Japanese yen down against a, a US dollar, which is itself falling. So what's happening there? Yeah, it's 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 worth highlighting the fact that, you know, the yen is is weakening uh, against the backdrop where the dollar is actually weaker across the board uh, with other currencies. So um, I think the market is still trying to work out what uh, UEDA uh, means. Um um, the more I've been reading about it, it's, it's the interesting dynamics, of course, is that he's an outsider. He was uh, not necessarily the first pick. Amamiya uh, didn't want the gig, so they picked an outsider. And in terms of the selections of outsiders, uh, he seems to be quite a, a balanced choice. Um, but at the same time, what is interesting is, is that as much as he belonged to, to the BOJ, he belonged to a BOJ, which was very different to the one that it is today. And in those days when he was part of the board, 
dissenting, for instance, was very common. Uh, debates uh, and, and expression of different views mm. uh, was also very common, and and we have not seen that, uh, particularly in the in the last few years, where right. uh, it's been very much sort of a unanimous vote about um, you know everyone agreeing with with Governor Kuroda. So um, it, it plays to the view that maybe Ueda is going to be more open to difference uh, of opinion and and embracing different views. Um, he also doesn't have any strong connections to Treasury, which typically that's been one of the issues around uh, the Bank of Japan. You are either with the government or, or, we, or rather with Treasury or uh, coming from from the Bank of Japan. So this idea that he's an outsider plays to the view that he will have a bit of a more open mind to, to everything. Mm. Um, and even the interview that he gave um, uh, to the Wall Street Journal, he talked about the idea he was supportive of the policy for now. Um, and I think that that's right. important. That says it all, um, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Those yeah, two words uh, for now. I suppose the last point to make on this is that uh, he is only going to take charge after March, so still quite a bit of time. You know, for the April, I think the April meeting is at, is at the end of April, so it's the twenty eighth. But to me, what it, what could be more interesting between then and now, of course, is not only the inflation and wages dynamics. But the fact that the 10-year JGB is already at uh, 0.51 today, um, yep. you know, we've seen that big uptick in core yields around the globe. Um, they've eased up a little bit overnight, but, you know, 10-year Treasury yields are still at 371. We get a strong CPI today in the U.S., and then that's going to push uh, uh, Treasury yields higher potentially. Um, so this challenge of the JGB, of the BOJ trying to contain that, um, you know, yield curve control uh, may become an issue. Uh, well before the new governor takes place. Right. Okay. Well, we'll watch with interest. A, a bit of excitement happening in that part of the world. Look, UK job numbers are out today. Uh, there's been a bit of a trend lately, hasn't there? Job data, jobs data has been stronger than expected. Maybe the UK can manage to be an exception as well uh, to that. But you, know, you never know. We'll, we'll see what the UK does. I mean, the UK has surprised us in the past. And we get the Westpac Consumer Confidence Review today and the NAB Business Survey, which the last three months has shown business conditions decline, but still strong. So I guess we'll wait and see where that goes. And of course, what particularly what happens to labour costs and product prices? Yes, I think that the, the details of the survey will be very important. We, we saw those price or inflation uh, readings um, declining, and, and it will be nice to see a further decline in, in, in those readings, uh, which at least from a goods perspective will play to the view that there's been an ease in those uh, inflationary pressures. Um, so certainly the details of the NAP survey will be of, of great interest. Yeah, and New Zealand food prices this morning as well for January. And tonight... Fed speakers out and about uh, talking after those CPI numbers. So uh, John Williams early tomorrow, Laurie Logan from the Dallas Fed as well. We also get the NFIB small business survey, corporate earnings. Of course, that's still going on. Coca-Cola and Airbnb as well uh, coming out. So uh, a bit to keep us busy, but obviously CPI is the big thing to watch today. Yes, CPI is the one and, and you know, expect some fireworks if, if there's an up or down yeah. surprise. Well, it's going to be one way or the other, I would imagine, wouldn't it be? Uh, good to talk anyway, Rodrigo. We'll catch you very soon. Thanks. Cheers, Phil. Yeah, we are brilliant insights from me there. It's going to go one way or the other. <laughs> that's it from How'd You Get By Without That? Uh, that's it for today. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back again tomorrow morning. I'll see you then.